0: up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. No he in the way. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh, grab for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. All right. It's good to be here with all of you fine Buckeye fans in podcast land. Yeah, that's right. I'm Timmy Hall, and one of our constant co-hosts on the Buckeyes show. You're going to get to hear him all next week on Bishop and Friends. Eric Reeser, everybody. Hello. You're not getting applause today. (laughs) I didn't think so. It's not happening. I didn't think so. What's going on, man? This has been a nice day, hasn't it? It's been great. How are you? I'm doing good. We're just sitting here on a ooey-pooey basketball game day. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's Mm. a... I I was even, I asked Paul Keels this yesterday, and I appreciate everybody that tuned in to the first episode of Buckeye Roundtable. They asked me to do the first ever winter-spring season of that show last year, and it was insanely different because, you know, because you are the guy that is the executive producer of that show, and there are more moving parts to a program like that than any other, and when we started that for the first time in the middle of the pandemic when everybody was away it was an increased challenge and i thought after the first show we were flawless the rest of the way last year and this year we started out with a flawless episode so i want to thank everybody for tuning into that and paul keels he uh he said something he said something to me about ooey-pooey where he didn't he couldn't really he couldn't really think of a case where you've had a a team with that kind of record playing Ohio State this late in the season. Non-conference or Big Ten. I mean, 1-14, in 14, that's something that's pretty crazy. And their one win is over a Division Three Spalding.
1: That's right. Not Wilson. Spalding. Wait, Spalding like Judge Smale's uh, nephew? Mm. Spalding! Spalding! You're playing golf today and you're going to like it. Real quick uh, about Paul Keels, like you mentioned, the voice of the Buckeyes. Now five-time recipient of the Ohio Sportscaster of the Year Award given out by the National Sports Media Association. So the Golden Pipe's getting some recognition there. Very well-deserved by is Big this, Daddy. This is this, this, this news? Is serious. This is news today. Oh, this yes. just came out. Uh, this came out. I thought you were
0: just giving us a little tidbit about the Big Daddy. And that that sounds low to me. Like, he should be cleaning that up. I've been in other states where... You know the lead play-by-play guy for one of the big universities in the state. They they had like you know closing in on double-digit awards. How yeah. can Paul Keels not have like ten of these puppies? That's by something now? I
1: do not know. But as of two o'clock on Tuesday, so that's a couple hours before we record this podcast. Uh, he was given it to him by again the National Sports Media Association for a fifth time. So that's great for him. It's amazing.
0: And you know he gives I I hear from a lot of the the fans and the listeners of this program and you know Buckeye Roundtable. As I told people, it's going to be. It's similar. It's a little bit different. It's a network show, so you can kind of tell it's just jam-packed with guests. That's what they want. Almost every segment is going to have a guest in it, and it moves really fast. But people love that Paul Keel segment because just as much as he gives you analysis or some observations of the team that he's doing this year, he's been calling the Buckeyes for 24 years, and as soon as he like hears a last name or thinks of a player, it might take him back to something that was two, three, four seasons ago, or even when we're talking about EJ Liddell and shot blocking. And when we get into that discussion, he starts thinking about Ken Johnson and that takes you back, you know, a decade or longer, more than a decade. That was more like two decades ago. When you think about Ken Johnson, the greatest shot blocker in the history of the big 10 conference, so we're going to pull on more. We'll have him on the Buckeye show a little bit more, but Eric, a lot of stuff going on with this Buckeye football staff. It just doesn't seem to stop the moves that no. are, that are being made. And You're seeing a whole lot of guys that know Jim Knowles coming over to this program, maybe not as full-blown assistant coaches, but that's how it all starts, right? You get connections. That's what this industry is all about, and there was another example of Ohio State doing that here with Matt. It's uh, Guerrero, I want to say, is how you pronounce it. He has been hired as a senior advisor slash analyst, and this is a guy that had experience with Jim Knowles at Duke. And I will say this again, anybody that coach David Cutcliffe over there for the Duke Blue Devils program, if he sees good things in you, that's about all that I need to know because there might not be a coach in the country that I respect more than that guy. I've never, he's up there sort of with like Chris Holtman status, just being a pure and genuine person. And shoot, David Cutcliffe's responsible for molding the Mannings both Eli and Peyton into what they have become. You might give Peyton and Eli a little bit of self-credit for what they've There's become as well. Some talent that came naturally there, <laughs> yeah. sure. And, and, and old sure. Papa and old Papa Archie for having them around the Good game. Good genes. But still, welcome Matt Guerrero, who is going to join this staff. He spent 10 years at Duke. He was there in 2012, climbed up the ranks under David Cutcliffe as I mentioned, and he was promoted to a full-time assistant back in 2015 co-defensive coordinator in 2017. So, I mean, to get guys like this who aren't even full-blown assistants, I think you're just building, you're bolstering your staff, you're bringing in knowledge, you're bringing in sets of eyes and sets of ears that are going to help you. It's going to help your bottom line. And Tony Alford got himself a little bit of a promotion, didn't he?
1: Yes, he's the uh, running game coordinator is the new title added. So for Coach Alford, let me see if I can get this correct. He's running backs coach. He's also the assistant head coach of the offense. And now, again, on Tuesday, January 18th, officially given the title of running game coordinator. So it's very well deserved, I think, with all of these titles. And you talk about Brian Hartline getting the passing game coordinator uh, promotion added on. It's really just a way for these guys to generate more income. And I think with Alford, no, with both Hartline and Alford, these guys have probably been fielding interest from other schools. It was reported that uh, Notre Dame had asked about Tony Alford, or had asked Alford, hey, would you like to come to South Bend? And I think this, uh, a, a tip of the cap to Ryan Day in keeping the top assistants within the program and saying, okay, well, we can't make you offensive coordinator. And that's Kevin Wilson's job. You're not going to be calling the plays. That's my job. But here's this title that will unlock uh greater pay and potentially more bonuses for you down the line while also keeping you at Ohio State one of the top institutions in the country.
0: Look, I mean you're not gonna you're not gonna really find any Buckeye fan out there that's gonna that, that's gonna complain about a promotion for Tony Alford and wanting nope. to lock in with some of these offensive assistants. This is where this Ohio State program is eating its hay it's on offense everyone is just pleading and waiting to see the defense catch up once again they haven't really earned that silver bullet moniker in at least two seasons you probably have to go back to 2019 for sure yeah I mean that's the only that's the last time where we can even discuss it you had this year wasn't up to snuff the pandemic season of course wasn't up to snuff 2019 season, we can have that talk about it. You had some great DBs. I think, but we shouldn't really have right, to yeah. have that, right? You, you it should sh- be it every should be year. single year. It, yeah. The
1: expectation is top five defense,
0: top five, top ten, whatever. Sure, silver bullet defense. I'm I'm less concerned about the rank of it. And what do you do for me? Because if you want to, if you want to give up a little bit more in your total yardage, but you're a menacing defense. And you are creating three or four turnovers in a football game. You're sacking the quarterback. Maybe you're prone to giving up a big play here or two, but you're going to come up with game record type of plays on other drives. That's a, that's the a type of thing that matters, especially when you've got an offense that's blowing people out of the water. And I, I generally in today's college football, I like to keep that that points given up margin not margin, that total at about 20 points, right around that plateau. But then what are you doing as far as sacks, TFLs, turnovers? And that's exactly what a guy like Jim Knowles excels in, is putting defenses in spots to just go and attack the quarterback. See ball, get ball. He's going to blitz from different spots. He's going to try to confuse the offensive line. He's going to try to confuse the quarterback and make him do something that he doesn't want to do. I'm actually excited, and I think a lot of the defensive players that are on this team right now, they're excited, too, because they're going to get to play a different style of ball that's going to be more fun, that's going to give you opportunities to put up more numbers.
1: Well, I think with anything defensively, it's obviously see ball, get ball, but for the defensive coordinator, it's maximizing your talent. And at Oklahoma State, the talent is not as significant as it is at Ohio State. Yet Oklahoma State's had a better defense over the past couple of seasons yeah. comparative to Ohio state. And so that I think is the biggest thing. If you're looking for a reason to get excited, even about brought a guy Ohio over. state defense, correct. And a guy who should be, you know, starting in your secondary next season. So, or a big rotational guy and they'll do a lot of that on the defensive front. And, you know, in their linebackers, I think they have a Rover position in Jim Knowles four two five, So kind of question mark on the bullet position. If that remains to be something, but when the season started for Ohio State and it was that week two loss to Oregon and you would kind of looked at that and then looked at the game against Minnesota with Muhammad Ibrahim and you knew something had to change and, and you kind of wondered what exactly that change was going to be. And it was Ryan Day taking play calling duties away from Kerry Combs. And then over the next couple of weeks, you heard from different defensive players that they had simplified the defense and not made things too complex because you'd have a lot of younger guys that were grabbing spots from older veterans just because they were better and because they had worked harder at their positions, whether it be in spring ball, whether it had been in fall camp, and and I think Jim Knowles operates in kind of the same area. It's it's not going to be too complex to where you can't do a lot of rotating because you that's you need that, but also if you're going to work your ass off, you're going to be rewarded in, like you talked about, blitzing more mm-hmm. and having more fun yep. out there on the field because, you know, with with the Kayvon Pope situation, I thought that was a microcosm of these guys on the defense just not having fun. And that's a lot of what I think they need to get back to in the fall. If I'm Zach Harrison, I didn't have fun no. this past season. There was no fun to Three be had defensively for Ohio State.
0: I, I, I could have been out of here getting a you know, eight-figure contract to go to the league. And it's not happening now because the way that this defense went and I know if I'm Zach Harrison, I'm looking in the mirror too and asking myself, sure. what could I have done better? How could I have been more of a menace out there in one more one-on-one battles, pin my ears back and got to the quarterback. But this is going to help a guy like that. We started this off by talking about coaches and getting some new titles. I, I was looking at this from 11 Warriors. What, uh is some more on on Tony Alford. If you look back at this, ahead of the 2015 season, you look at the names that he has coached, and this would kind of tell you why he wants to see some of this through now that you've got Travion Henderson to see another guy here roll through the program that might become one of the best backs in school history. And it was an interesting second half of the season for this guy because we know how good he is. But, and that's why we have a new offensive line coach. I believe is a Justin very, Fry comes over very from big UCLA. Evidence.
1: Yeah. Uh, Fry also gets the associate head coach of the offense title. So Alfred's the assistant head coach for mm-hmm. the offense. Yeah. Fry is the associate head coach for cool the offense. Cool titles. Is that
0: clear as mud? Cool or? titles. <laughs> hey, whatever. It's like you said. There are ways to get you raises, especially yes. guys that are here. Tony coached Zeke. You go all the way back there. He was he was here when the the Zeke changeover happened. Curtis Samuel, Mike Weber, J.K. Dobbins, Trey Sermon. And now you're here with Travion Henderson. He told the Dispatch back when there was that news of Notre—not Notre Dame—I'm sorry—former Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly wanting him to go to LSU, and he didn't go. He didn't take it. He said, "I love it here, not like it, love it." He said, "I got a great room, I got great kids that I have so much respect and admiration for. I hope that they believe that I give them as much as they give me. I'm working with the best head coach in all of college football, and I've got unbelievable kids." Why would I leave? So that's awesome for Tony. It's good to have him here. It's good to have Brian Hartline bump up the chain a little bit. You want to keep that dude? Need to as keep as that dude as right long as humanly now. possible, right? It's it's insane. So we got to talk about this real quick. The flip flop that you have with Perry Eliano and Kerry Combs. We were we were sort of wondering for weeks how is this going to go. Is Kerry Combs so revered here that you would want to keep him? I'll be curious to know every little detail about what might have been offered. What opportunity was there? Was there a chance for him to stay? Did he not take it? Did he just want to run for the door? And especially when a Cincinnati opportunity opens up because it does it seems like it's a perfect fit for Kerry Combs to go to Cincinnati with where he was a high school football coach for so long, the recruiting inroads that he would have there. He knows Luke fickle. He knows that a coach that position group. And I would imagine with the bump to a new conference for Cincinnati, he's going to be able to get into some living rooms there and help convince some, some top talent in that area since and Northern Kentucky to stay around home at the same time we have to acknowledge defensive coordinator at Ohio state. That's way up here to then have your next job. Be the, a a position, a position group coach at Cincinnati. It's a pretty big dip in job. And I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to make any big statement about that. I'm just pointing out the facts of it. I've always said, once you get into this club, that is college football coaching you're always you're not going getting to, out y- yeah you're always going to have a next gig right and he crushed it with so much cash in these 2 years where he was getting paid the the coordinator salary for Ohio State i mean I, I it's admirable that i think he picked his spot and there this was clearly a chance for him to stay in Ohio to go back home and work with a great coach who's building a big time program so it's just Tells me that Carey is not a guy that has ego. And it was a little bit tough, you know, to to lose the position title that he did mid-season and stick it out. And now he's stepping down. That's usually how it goes, though. You get that position. Yeah. You don't perform. You have to step down. Credit to him for getting an opportunity like this that's going to make so much sense.
1: And I, I'd have to think that it wasn't so much the losing, the play-calling duties uh, losing uh, the title of defensive coordinator, more so what got them to that point. It was the poor play, the lack of adjusting for the defense, the yeah. losing football games that was the bigger thing for Kerry and probably the bigger thing for all of the coaches involved um, because th- there just wasn't the performance there considering the talent that Ohio State had accumulated. You know, We, we talked about the, the dudes that they had recruited in the 2021 cycle, just the five-star guys, and similarly in 2022 with a group of guys on the defensive front and a group of guys in the defense that shouldn't be giving up chunk plays to really any team in the country. Now, Alabama, Georgia, uh, probably some of those teams that you can say, okay, if we can hold them to, like you said, 20 points, but everybody else – needs to not be scoring 20 points a game, needs to not be performing the chunk play dissections that they were able to do against an Ohio State defense. And so I think that, for me, would be the biggest kind of thing against Kerry Combs was that defenses were allowed to have that. And this kind of, again, allows him, because I don't know, um, what his aspirations are anymore. If he wants to be a college head coach, if he wants to get back to defensive coordinating duties, but this puts him back in a familiar position with a familiar coach and Luke fickle. Absolutely. And, and a chance, like you said, when they move to the big 12, a chance to compete at a power five level. And maybe down the road, you you see Ohio state and Cincinnati match up in an expanded college football playoff game.
0: And look, we're not him. I'm not him. Right. I, I can put myself in his shoes. And the end result here, the job that he's going to take, I could be extremely happy. You know? If I if I'm a Cincinnati guy oh, getting, thrilled. Getting to be a part of that with the way that this didn't work out. I only have to move 90 minutes down the down the road. It's not that bad of a situation. I will say this I, I think the Ohio State defensive coordinator position is probably a top fifty job in all of college football. Maybe a little higher than that depending on who you ask and what you're into because it's up there. If you hit your wagon to that and you perform and we've seen this from even position coaches guys that, you know, or, or even co-defensive coordinators, what was Jeff Hafley's title? Was he a co-defensive coordinator? He was co. He was co. Wasn't he? So yeah. Yeah. So he had that. And look, you do this job and you do it. Well, you're going to get an opportunity right to the mid level of power five gigs. Yes. To be a head coach. But it's like
1: we talked about before. You have to perform. perform. You've got to do it. You've got to to perform. Yeah. And if your unit does not perform, then you will be sent elsewhere. Yeah, the the whole co-defensive coordinator thing. The co-coordinator thing, in my somewhat humble opinion, should never, ever be a thing ever again. Because that is one of the things I think that, it's just that, one of these things that, that we do let, in college that, football, though. I don't not, know if there's
0: much that goes into it. It's just not that it titles. That
1: it, it pushed Jeff Halfley out the door because obviously becoming a head coach at a Power 5 school is very enticing, but to not give him the full defensive coordinator title is, again, not something that would push so, him out the door, but would not keep him there happy, right? You're
0: saying better chance to keep a guy like Jeff Halfley, full-blown defensive coordinator. You probably lose Greg Madison if you probably. strip him of that title. If you title. strip him of the
1: title, probably or at the
0: time you viewed him as important, hadn't done anything for you to want to push him out. And again, because this is technically
1: sports talk radio, we can speculate on things sure. like this. But yes, whatever. Yeah. I am saying that if you offered him the full DC title with the full DC pay and everything that goes into it, maybe wait you for are, something better than you Boston are College. Better, right? Yeah. Then he sits there and goes, "Okay, I'm the DC at OSU." The head coach at BC, the DC at OSU. No, for sure. Again, you talk I don't about, know.
0: but but again, like this is where you and me can do it. What would I do, right? You know, what would I do if I was in that exact same position? And now he's done a hell kind, of a job at kind of BC. Of, I'm kind of leaning towards you because of how much I love it here in the city. I know what Columbus brings me. Ten years spent here, it's wonderful, great place to raise a family. I mean, Nathan Horton loves the zoo here, right? It's why he came to Columbus. He's probably still hanging out in the. He's probably lost in the Arctic Fott fox section over there just can't stop looking at that thing wonderful things so to get paid what you're gonna get paid too and the salaries keep ticking up yes for these offensive and defensive coordinator spots and ohio state finally caught up to what the sec is doing you are crushing it with cash and i mean man we just i i know this guy also spent like 20 25 years at that gig not that long but you get the point brett venables went from defensive coordinator to oklahoma gig yep just like that. And yeah, Halfley would have to maybe have a nice eight to ten year run at an Ohio State. He was only for one season. Right, just one season. Who knows? Who knows? Five brilliant seasons, six, seven, a really good opportunity. Michigan State. Larger opens schools up again. You would have come that. calling. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they would. I have no doubt in my mind. As
0: good a recruiter he is, as young as he is, just what a hot name he is, the things that he does to get
1: his defenses fired up. All those things. So there's a good look right there. What do you got, Eric? Well, so this is from Dan Hope of 11 Warriors, who has a uh Justin Fry's base salary at Ohio State's $800,000 for this next upcoming season. Greg Stodrawa was paid $700,000 as their offensive line coach. Just goes up and up and up. Goes up and up and up. And then, of course, adding that associate head coach for the offense, I think, adds to that. Because you're always going to have bean counters, right? You're always going to have the accountant guys that go, why are we paying a position coach this much? Well, A, it's the market. And B, he's not just a position coach. He's the associate head coach for the offense. But I do have a Tate Martell update, if you are so inclined. What is Tate Martell doing? He was a UNLV guy. UNLV. According, did he play? I don't he, think so. Uh, he appear, I think he was dressed but did not appear for any games uh, for the running rubs this past season. But this guy, Joe Arrigo, uh, who is out of Las Vegas, he, he's co-founder of the franchise LV that covers Vegas sports, tweets out uh, an update is on Is he going to get betting Martell. lines now? He is retired from football and focusing on, quote, business ventures. Mm. Says he's thankful for uh, UNLV and uh, – Coach Arroyo of the University of Las Vegas, at, or University of Nevada, Las Vegas, for giving him the chance. And then adds, I would also keep an eye on what Tate has going on business-wise. It's about to blow up. Oh, oh great. Wonderful. Sorry. I
0: I did just watch Two for the Money <laughs> recently. If you ever seen that movie with McConaughey and Al Pacino? Yes. Where McConaughey is the former quarterback. By the way, some of the worst football in... Hollywood you'll ever see at the beginning of that movie it's like a tense it's it's like a two-minute clip of McConaughey leading the team down a final drive or something but he probably looked good doing it he didn't he didn't because the uniforms and the colors were just so stupid it just didn't work it didn't fly but he becomes of course the like the one 900 guy or and then they even do the the TV shows it's it's a really good movie. It's it shows you everything the good and the bad that sports gambling can bring, and it's timely too because we here in Ohio we're about to just nosedive right into that. You get it? Everything that you talk about sports gambling, you have to talk about the uh, being safe and being responsible, and I I truly do believe in that too. As much as we can make fun of our guys that uh, can't seem to put it down around the station, but you talk about Tate Martell, man, one of the bigger what ifs in college football. Yep, I do feel bad that. He wasn't able to find any success or any happiness anywhere he went. He tried it here at Ohio State. And, yeah, if you want to be of the opinion that you've got to stick it out and not run to other spots, I understand that. If you're going to point at this example. But you also can't sit here and tell me him staying is going to make it any different with how good. I mean, how could you just say, oh, you're better off just staying at Ohio State And seeing what happens, well, there's always going to be somebody who's really freaking good to compete with. You might never beat that guy out. I can understand why you think you've got to try. Tried it a little step below. at Miami, still a proud franchise, but nowhere near the football that they used to be. And then even went lower than that to UNLV, and it still didn't work out. So just one of those wild scenarios where he couldn't find a spot. He even went back to his hometown in UNLV. Where he was Let's a high school to do legend, a
1: legend there for and Bishop it Gorman. Just it never worked out, and it. it I mean, again, it, there there shouldn't be anybody out there that says they, you know, what what sh- what should they have done with Tate? Because well, Justin Fields. Hey, did you? <laughs> so, yeah, right, Justin Fields, <laughs> I mean, man. Come on, like you said, you just you're always going to run it's into that bad. here. Quinn Ewers found out as well that it's just very difficult here in Columbus to compete for the starting quarterback job at Ohio State. Did you see?
0: the locker room video of coach Chris Holtman alerting the team and Harrison hook about the scholarship. Is there anything better than that in college sports?
1: Well, those uh, videos, if you're asking me, I'm going to say what's better for you when guys pick hats uh, for their commitments (laughs) and then (laughs) throw the hats away that they don't want. So Travis Hunter, that was the best thing I've ever seen in terms of college athletics but also in the real world, that kind of stuff where they're giving Harrison Hookfin a much deserved scholarship is probably cooler. He was the last guy. I should guy. say it's cooler. Yeah,
0: he was the last guy on the roster, right? Because yeah. he had me looking like up and down the roster if we had another guy like nope. that. But no, I mean, once you get past, once you get past Harrison Hookfin, you're at the end of the bench, right? And you're with a guy like Jimmy Soto's who doesn't get into every game, and if he does, he can give you some quality you minutes. Talk god, Jimmy Sotos. And Jimmy's going to do just fine. Yes, he'll be all right. I think Jimmy's
1: making plenty of money as is. Well, He's got a
0: million followers on one of the big social media platforms. A lot of the
1: guys on that team went into like 123 merchandising. So they've all kind of, yeah. a couple of them have grouped together to sell merchandise. Must be nice. Sell apparel. Well, didn't the fan have an apparel thing going once? And someday we'll get it back. <laughs> just talk to promotions. When does that happen? I don't know anybody in this building really, outside of the programming people no, cause I haven't seen any yeah, of anybody we just, else.
0: We don't see a lot of people. but hey, I see you. I see you. yeah, I see you, which right is good, there. which is all we need hey before we before we wrap up here, and I want to thank everybody for checking out the podcast exclusive. If you are here, that means you're one of our best friends yes. on this show. And I can say the F word. Can you? I can. you have to put the E. We can. I can. We can, but I don't. The FCC will let me wanna, be here. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be one of those guys. No, like you, Just
1: it, knowing that we can.
0: You'd have to do it out of intensity, out of passion in the segment. Man and Bone, like they have. John Rothstein's
1: uns- Twitter account got hacked, and I'm so effing Oh, and you didn't even say it. See, because it was, it was, it's programmed into my mind not to drop it, Uh, but his uh, Twitter account did get hacked. So if you want to buy a PS five or an Xbox from John Rothstein, don't reach out to him and do that. I gotcha. Yeah.
0: And by the way, on the language thing with podcasts that I don't put the marking on, like me and Colin have done mad about hoops podcast. Have you dropped a, I've dropped like individual ones. I kind of use the PG 13 rule of thumb, right? Where you can have maybe one, yeah, one. one Samuel Samuel Jackson f bomb, or maybe I'll use like an s bomb, you know. It, but mm. it would only it would only be one. And I do believe that there was an f bomb that came out of passion in the Hoosiers episode of Mad About Hoops. I could see that. I yeah. could see that with you doing that. And I might there might even be a podcast or two where it's where the bad words slipped to like two maybe the borderline from two s or f bombs to three. And I think I did put like the e
1: tag on one of those pods. Are you trying to be an adult and say swearing for the sake of swearing is not good?
0: Yes. Mm. If it happens it happens. And I
1: don't know I
0: I don't know what you're going to do when you have children because I know you're going to have children. I mean just looking at you there's just there's going to be a whole lot of sex in your future. <laughs> just a ton of sex. <laughs> Even if it's not with your current girlfriend, I hope that it it's is. So much sex. Things are going to happen, but Me and my wife, we swear around our 10-year-old son, and we teach him, and he's smart enough to understand we're old enough, we're adults, this is the way we like to talk to each other because we enjoy it, we're in the comfort, we're in the confines of our own home, I also believe in professionalism, I believe in not using language like that when you are in public with a group of people that might not be as comfortable with it as you are, respecting boundaries, things like that, but my wife and I like to talk like that when we're at home, and so... Our son has to understand that it's our house. That's where we live. We pay for it. He knows the few words that you don't say, and he's never said them. Credit to him. And that—that's just that's how we operate. That's if you look inside of, our house,
1: anything from this broadcast is that Tim and his wife dirty we, talk. We say at the F, F word home. all the time all around the time. our son. Yeah, They're just swearing Terrible like sailors. Parents. The whole household.
0: Yep. yep. Terrible parents, though they keep telling us he's one of the best kids and most well behaved at his school. That's so good. At least we have that. You're going. Fooling someone, yeah, we we are. As lo-
1: I've been fooling people my entire life.
0: That's, and, that's what you a beautiful have to do. Thing. That's yeah.
1: That is how you find success. Yes, you fool enough people to put you in a position where you can a, either make a lot of money or be uh, be really popular.
0: Or like me and you, make a make a nice middle amount of money to where they're not yeah, going to fire several us. Several dollars an hour. Yeah, just that's several. Several bucks. Before we wrap it, uh, we know Buckeye basketball, maybe by the time you listen to this, they're already underway or have already played the game against IUPUI. IUPUI. Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of game where it's just a joy to watch EJ Liddell and company go out
1: there and, and bounce the get ball game maps. You just have to get yeah, out there. Yeah. Those three games, you're never going to be able to fully replace because those are much, much better teams than IUPUI. But to get out there and play someone other than yourselves is really important.
0: I agree. But I wanted to say to you. You know, we were here on Martin Luther King Day. Nice, uh, nice to sit back and reflect also on the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. And I do love how sports kind of uses that day yeah. to get out there a little bit earlier, get some daytime sports. And, you know, the NBA does a good job about recognizing what that holiday is. College basketball doing a little bit of that as well. It was cool. And we both were here at work. I was actually in this studio. We're actually doing this pod in the Columbus Blue Jacket studio because these are off-air booths. We can't get into the Ohio State room. Thanks, Bob. That's where Man and Bone are. We're doing the show right now. You're over here in the crew room. We have our own TVs, like, hanging above above the glass. Must be nice, right? Mm -hmm. TVs hanging above the glass. We're watching the Cavs come away with a big win against the Brooklyn Nets. It was one thing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I, I wanted to hear the song again. I think I might be ready to accept this song. When you first heard it, you hated string? it. Come on, cast. Gotta make it happen. Come on, cast. Gotta make it happen with your fast break at ya. Gotta make it happen. Just keep on coming on. Gotta make it happen. Come on like this guy it's got a very nice Motown feel
1: kind of vibe so it was introduced to uh, Cleveland in 1975 so that 75 76 season was with the miracle at Richfield and a lot of NBA teams in that time frame introduced songs, and many of them are still around today. If you ever heard the Philadelphia 76ers one, uh, one, two, three, four, five, sixers, as I completely botched the singing of it, but it's still around today. The Cavs won not as much yeah, because there hasn't been a lot of winning between 76 and 2016. Well, there was well, winning. They just didn't win the big one. But you I, had those Mark Price Cavaliers. You had the LeBron James Cavaliers that... You know, ran into the Detroit Pistons, but this song just kind of went by the wayside. But something that I've loved um, for a couple, de- a couple of years now. I
0: remember making fun of you when you showed me that song and I'd never heard of. And I, I feel bad about that because what's I mean, what's the difference? It's not like a song like that has to be the best song in the world. You could love it, even though you think it's kind of silly and kind of silly. It's the goofiest it's part, song. Yeah. That you could it's play about a it's team. That's part of what it's about. Do we think that that Bengals song is good? I mean, o- an offensive brute, run, pass, or boot. And defensively, he's rough, uh, tough, and they have that horn that's, you know, it's goofy just, as hell. Score some but points, a lot and of fun. Win that game for Cincinnati. Yeah, it's just, and they play that at every home game, I believe. Yes, I think the Cavs should actually embrace that thing. It's a cool little goofy song from the 70s. You're telling me that that can't get 45 seconds of action in a commercial timeout up at uh, the queue, whatever, the
1: Rocket Mortgage I now? I don't know Come if on. it does or doesn't, um, but on, I'm Cavs. absolutely in favor of making that happen. Come on, Cavs, I know. with your fans. So,
0: yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's good to have a tune. And, yeah, you said 75-76. That is when they won the division. That's the first time that they ever won the division. That's not so bad, too, because they only – They've only been around since 1970. Right. 70, team 71. in its infancy, really. Yeah. yeah. At team that in its, time. Team in its infancy playing in the Eastern Conference in the NBA. Uh, they got to the Eastern Conference finals when uh, they bowed out. And we know that they wouldn't even make it to the finals until LeBron James until was, was there. was LeBron, yep. In 2006, 2007. Got back in 14, 15, won it in 15, 16. I'm looking at him now, 27 and 18, and just a fun team, man. Just a really fun team with the injuries that they've incurred and what they're doing. Um, I don't really have an NBA team these days. Can I interest you in it?
1: I'm loving it. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes,
0: you you have interested me in them. They're in the state of Ohio. And uh, come on, Cavs.
1: You got to make it happen. Let's go. Come on. Uh, It was, I think, a March 6th game against the Toronto Raptors uh, was bumped to big boy ESPN. So I think that's that's their first nationally televised – first, probably only nationally televised game so far this season. But if they keep winning games, that will be, uh, I I think, a higher number, like one to two to three to four. It would be great to see them on nationally televised games as much as possible because I don't have Valley Total Fitness Sports Ohio, so I have to uh, resort to criminal activity to get my calves as I will tonight – or not tonight, but – well, the 19th is the January 19th game is the next time they play. Mm. I'll resort to criminal activity to watch my calves then. Are we done with this? Are you done with this? it? Um, kind it, of, it feels like kind you're of kind done. of done with this. Yeah, I'm kind of done. All right. How long did we do? Well, play us out. We're how long did we do? 30, play us out? 35 no. minutes. Oh, that's nice. That's pretty good pot. That's nice. I think so. Yeah.
0: That's not even an hour. No. That's only 35 how minutes. Much, how long did it feel like? felt like 45. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna wow. tack a good ten minutes onto that. Thanks, Bud. Some of the conversation.
1: No, that's that doesn't mean that it was bad. It just felt like it was getting kind of long, long in the tooth there. No, I think this is a perfectly uh, palpable podcast. Decent time pod. period. You don't need an hour to do this, but no. we can we can nonsense for half an hour. No, I mean you've got.
0: Can you just imagine being in somebody's living room on an Echo device? Can you imagine that? No, I, I, I don't Some, think that's gonna somebody. Even if it's one person, one Buckeye fan out there listening on, like, uh, what do we got? Boomsticks. We got sure. boomsticks. We got uh,
1: surround sound speakers. Bose. Bose Bluetooth. Apps on smart televisions. We've got uh, Google speakers. Google Nest. Yes, and the right? homes. Alexa's and Echoes and. the Facebook's what else? Probably got something or Meta. Is one what they're? I don't know. What's the What's the other big brands no and Bluetooth
0: idea. speakers these days?
1: All the Bluetooth speakers. Do, you want me, do we have to, do you want, can I Google it and I'll just read that to you?
0: I want at least one other brand of Bluetooth speaker right now before we go. As I just complained about being on here. JBL. JBL. Bose. I, that's the one I was, I have a JBL. Beats by Dre nah, also offers I don't need, one. No, we don't need to give Sonos. them any more pub. Their, their headphones suck. You purchase they, those at the Best they Buy, say the best. if
1: you remember what that is. What is it? The Best Buy. What was what the, the other thing? Sonos. Sonos? Sonos. Sonar? No, S-O-N-O-S. Sonos. I Jimmy don't... Sonos? No. Uh, but... Hi, I'm Jimmy Sotos for Sonos. Uh, well, I mean, again, you, we can workshop that, <laughs> but that could be a thing, possibly, potentially. All right, so we appreciate you listening. Please do
0: subscribe. So all of the more normal sounding shows that are in the structure of the radio program, Mm -hmm. all those will come into your feed. If you might miss an episode, scroll down that list, too, and check out some of the content, some of the guests and some of the interviews and some of the co-hosts that you might have missed when we have Tyvis Powell on, when we have Antonio Pittman on, Joey Lane. Haven't done a show in a while with Joey. Joey's going to be coming up here soon, so we can talk some more Buckeye basketball with him. It's good to get him in. Member of the towel gang. Should we count it down? Should we count it down for this podcast? From 10? No. 9, 8, 7.
1: You're on on an island there. 6. I hate when you do that on the air. Why do you think I would find it acceptable on the pod? Because
0: it's the hard out. And sometimes you just, you keep, you talk right through when I need to get the handoff Mm -hmm. to hit the hard out.
1: That's the music to play us out. Come on, Camp! Gotta get some action. Come on, on Cavs. Gotta get the action. There is action happen. tonight <laughs> on this Tuesday, January 18th. Mac leading Bobcats play at Miami. All right. Go, Bobcats. Play him out. Thanks
0: for listening to a podcast exclusive of The Buckeye Show. Go, Cavs. Come on, Cavs. Gotta make it happen.